On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I, well, we have to discuss the latest reports, updated reports too, if you will, about James Harden and his future with the team, the opt-in, the extension possibly. We get to it all next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. You are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host Keith Pompey, my partner in crime, Sixers beat writer for the Inquirer.com. Keith, what's going on, man? What's popping, man? Happy uh, Father's Day to you. I know Same it's fun, but Same to you. Uh, Thank you, man. Really appreciate it. Same to you and all the dads out there as well. Enjoy your Father's Day. Enjoy your Sunday. Hopefully everybody has a good one and, and get whatever you want, whether it's food, uh, relaxation, whatever you get on Father's Day, whatever you desire. Hope your Father's Day is fantastic. But before we get started, we do have to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here at YouTube, at, on YouTube at Locked On 76ers. Well, Keith, uh, a story that you talked about in the past and uh, popped up on Bleach Report with some more uh, intel as we get closer to the NBA draft, which is next Thursday, the 23rd. James Harden appears that he's going to opt into his $47.4 million player option and then take a shorter term deal to make it more team friendly for them to then go out and do the necessary things needed in order to improve this roster and get deeper into the playoffs, maybe even the championship level. What can you really update us on on this one with a shorter term deal and what that means percentage wise, certain dates? I know there are some kick in dates where it could jump from another number. So what, what can you share with us about James Harden at this time? Yeah, um, you know, the thing about it is I, I think that none of this is surprising. I mean, again, great reporting and stuff like that. But, you know, James did tell him, you know, the one thing, like you said, the report I had that he was going to opt in. And, and that's something that he told us at the end of the season. He also informed us that um, it was, he also informed us that he was going to do whatever he could to help the team. But more so, I think a lot of people are excited right now. But I think that's going to help them more so long term, maybe not this upcoming season, but the following season. Then it's really going to help him this year, because if he opts in, you know, he's going to get that forty seven point four million dollars. Right. And, you know, yes, he does have some trigger dates and some other things. But I think that's more or less going to help them down the road, because let's just say if he took that that four year or that uh, four year extension for 223 mil where he would get 60 million in that final year. That's where they were going to be hamstrung. Now what's going to happen is if he takes that, if he does a two year deal, whereas the percentage points will go up 5% and you get a 5% increase salary increase on each year. Well, that third year he comes off the books. So then they'll have money available to go after people. But I think that there's some folks who are saying, wow, this is great right now for next season. Now you're still going to have problems because, you know, you think about it, you know, you have, 
let's say you take Danny Green off the books, you're still going to have Tobias. You're going to have these other guys. If you go out there and you do a, a you know, get the mid-level exception for ten something million dollars, you know, you don't have a lot of wiggle room. But I think that the good part is years down the road, when Tyrese Maxey is up for an extension and Joel Embiid and James are getting a little older and off the books, then you'll have money available to go out there and bring in somebody. And at that point, the salary cap is going to widen. So that helps them out. But for this upcoming season, nah, I don't think it's, it's it, you know what I mean? Like, it would be great if he said, I'm opting, I'm not going to opt in. I'm opting out of my deal and I'm not going to pick up that money. I think it would be better. Sure, it would be, but he would be foolish to do something like that. Take the forty-seven point four, because you don't you don't know what he's going to get in the next two three years uh, on on annual salary for that particular season. And when you brought up what he said at the end of the year, and even during the the trade deadline when he first did his press conference, he talked about being able to make it easier and team friendly and helping out. And you said keeping his word. I got to be honest, I wasn't sure if he was going to do that because it is a business at the end of the day. I know that. Daryl Morey, Tad Brown, they executed the deal the way that he wanted. He talked very glowingly about Doc Rivers, saying he always, he had told Doc he wanted him to coach him. He wanted to play for Doc Rivers. We can question that now, but, um, you know, was he really going to follow through on his word? And if he does this, that's step number one, following through on his word and allowing things to uh, really open up for the 76ers potentially to do a few more things with their roster since they are so cap strung with all the money that they do have allocated to their roster with Embiid, Harris, and now Harden. It, it's going to be tough to fit any other things around the edges, but that's what the job is. That's what they have to do. And that's what Daryl Morey, Elton Brand, and even Doc Rivers, they all have to figure out what time, what type of team is best. This is a good start, at least uh, by the end of the month with him opting in and maybe going for that two-year deal that you're talking about on the extension. When we get back on the other side, we'll talk about what it could mean, though, as far as mid-level, biannual, even veteran minimums of what they could do. And again, tweaking and working around those edges to improve this basketball team as a result, not just because of James Harden, but because of what would be available due to the salary cap sh uh, structure that is there in place in the league. We'll do that next right here on Locked On 76. Now it's time to talk about bet online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports development news and odds, including, well, you can't talk about the NBA championship anymore, but you can sure talk about the NHL finals. You can talk about Major League Baseball and, of course, the latest fighting news in MMA and UFC boxing. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about trends. Bet online, where the game starts. And as I keep telling my man D, do it today, people. Definitely do it today. You heard the man. Do it today. Get in there. NHL final going on, Colorado and Tampa right now. Major League Baseball, some, some hot teams out there. Get involved with it right now and we thank you right now for making locked on 76 is your first listen for your next listen check out the locked on now podcast for nightly recaps of every nba game with analysis from our local experts is free and available 
wherever you do get your podcast. Keith, what do the Sixers have? Because there's been a lot of confusion of what they can actually spend. It's not just because they're over the salary cap that they don't have any flexibility in doing anything. They do have the, you know, the mid-level exception they can get into. There's always the veteran uh, market, veteran minimum that you can get into or the veteran money that they can hand out. It's just a matter of how far over the cap they will go. So can you update us biannual as well on some numbers of what will be available to them and how this James Harden potential structure of his deal could help them on the open market and even with trades as we near the start of the NBA draft next Thursday? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little, it's crazy because like right now you look at it, the projected salary cap for next season will be one point, not one point, it'll be 122 million, right? And the luxury tax level is like 149 million. So the Sixers will have more than 100, I mean, one point, I keep saying one point, is 143.4 million tied up to 12 players. Right. Now that's assuming that Harton picks up the option, right? So they will also, if they make this draft pick, and if they don't trade this pick, they'll also have $2.5 million by keeping that guy, pushing their salary cap to 146.9. Now, mind you, the luxury tax level is 149, right? Now, teams, if the Sixers, now typically some teams go over, but if if they do a sign and trade this summer or use their $4.1 million biannual exception or the $10.3 million non-taxpayer mid-level exception, they can't go over $155.7 million luxury tax apron. So when you look at that, you're saying to yourself, the players they have on roster right now, you know, is around if they take this pick is around 146.9 right but they can't go above 155.7 so they have less than like what eight million dollars to spend or nine million yeah less than nine million dollars to spend Uh on free agency like so you know what i mean it it, is a little tight if they if they use that now what they could try to do is go for a cheaper mid-level um, non-taxpayer mid-level exception will give them a little bit more wiggle room. But that's the reason why a lot of people are saying they don't have a lot of flexibility right now. And that's why some people were saying it would have been better off for the Sixers if Brooklyn decided to keep the pick this year. So, you know, when we all talk about all these free agents and stuff, yeah, you go after them, but you can't, it's hard to compete if they're, say, somebody going to offer more money. You know what I mean? So the best thing they can do is try to get a trade. And that's exactly where I was going to go. Their best option. And when you talk about that is any type of trade scenario with Danny Green and the 23 pick, Danny Green and some other package with maybe another player. And even to the point of Tobias Harris, where we look at him and identify him as maybe somebody that is uh, possibly coveted around the NBA and, uh, his skill set, what he can do as a veteran as well, really good reputation, knowing what he can do as an 18-point-per-game scorer. That's where, with him and others, Danny Green specifically, that's where it's probably going to have to lean and go that direction. 
uh, to your point. They had success. Look, George Niang, whatever you want to say about him in the playoffs, he did have a good regular season. Injured, banged up in the playoffs. Couldn't keep up with the more athletic wings in Toronto and Miami. So that's something that they need to address. But it's not impossible to, to find that player. And you think of some of the situations where players have to take those mid-level. Look at, look at Malik Monk with the Lakers. He had to take a one-year deal at, at low minimum money. Uh, is, will there be a player? There's always a player that's looking to get themselves in a spot where they try to, I guess, uh, reshape their image and, and make sure that they put themselves back out there. So maybe that's the case with a player and they look at Philadelphia as being that piece that's uh, 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 helping them one piece away, two pieces away. But also that situation works for them where they can also showcase themselves to put them in a better position to cash in next season, next off season for them. And in the process, winning maybe, you know, a championship, who knows with this basketball team. So uh, things get started next weekend. We keep talking about it. When we begin on Monday, uh, I'm sure we'll find out some more things. And Keith, you're always digging to see what's available, see what's out there uh, with your intel. So we'll learn a lot more come next week. So, uh, but what we do have as far as intel, we know who the NBA champion is. I'm thrilled. Let's talk about that next right here on Locked On 76ers. All right, back at it here on Locked On 76ers podcast. And thank goodness, the Dubs, they got it done. The Golden State Warriors win in six. I projected them to lose in six to the Boston Celtics. But, man, am I so happy that I was wrong. Uh, just, hey, it was a good series, a really good series. Not a lot of blowouts, but some good basketball. And Golden State prevails. Now, Keith, four championships for Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Andre Iguodala, where they all have four titles now. This is really, really good, and this really helps out Steph Curry. Already a Hall of Famer and all-timer, but legacy-wise, it never hurts to add on to uh, your, your championship mantle with another trophy and another ring. Oh, yeah, exactly right. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy because when you look at it, like pre-pandemic um, and, and pre-injuries, and I'm talking about when KD went out and Clay both went out in the finals, you know, Golden State was on top of the world. Like, they were that team. You know, they Cleveland was there with them, but they were the Golden State was the dominant team. Then you have the injuries, and Clay doesn't play for two years. And then they have the pandemic. And right after the pandemic, you know, they, they're back. They're, they're the team that won it all. And, you know, no one thought it was going to be them. And initially, you thought it was going to be Phoenix. You thought maybe Milwaukee come back. It was going to come back and do it. So yep. I think it says a lot to their legacy. It's kind of sort of, kind of like not not quite like the Jordan Bulls. But but what I mean is gotcha. like they had they had yeah they had those injuries and and then you might say okay there's an asterisk towards the Lakers. You know last year with Milwaukee so to speak it was like that was the third calendar season in in one year basically like it stretched over one year. So you look at it and you say. You know, as far as uh, legacy-wise for, for for Steph and Clay and Draymond, you can say, look, look at look at what we've done on an 82 regular game season, and then go into the finals on a regular schedule. We are the champions. 
you know, we have been in there the most in those years. So, I mean, this is a good win for them. And also, if I'm if I'm Boston Celtics, yeah, great win. But if I'm the Boston Celtics, it also, you know, they had a great season, but there's certain things that they need to grow and hopefully they can learn from this. Yeah, I, I still think as, as a series, as a series went along, you can just see it. Once we got the game five, specifically game five, you say, okay, this may not be their year, but it's not a disappointing one. As much as I don't like the Celtics growing up in Philadelphia and having to separate myself as far as rooting interest goes, but that just never left. And and um it, it's it's just one of those deals where this is the the natural maturation where you may not win that first one, but you get to that second one. And now you know what it's about. You know what it's like. You know what it takes. And they're a really good team there. They have enough young people mixed in with some veterans, a very good young coach in Ime Udoka. They're in a really good spot, especially when, you know, you can understand Brad Stevens goes upstairs and knows where he needs to be at that moment and identifying Ime Udoka as the next leader for them. And that you have a star, right, in, in, in Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, was probably the best Celtic in the series. Marcus Smart coming off a Defensive Player of the Year award. And now you have to adjust some other things with Al Horford potentially, their bench, Robert Williams next season healthy. They're going to be a problem. And they've learned a lot getting to this stage. And that's what it's all about. But congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. They they, uh, just have a great situation there. And for me, since we are the Locked On 76ers podcast, it just goes to show how far the 76ers really are when you look at depth on both teams, culture, uh, how they get it done. I wanted to talk about something tonight on my show, Keith, sacrifice, because there's a lot of sacrifice, speaking specifically with Golden State, from Steph Curry coming off the bench during the playoffs because Jordan Poole is playing well, to Andrew Wiggins being the leader in game five in points and rebounds because they identified the hot hand and kept him going encouraging him, wanting Klay Thompson to win. Draymond Green is Draymond Green. They accept it for what it is, but they can 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 keep him within himself and within the team without combusting and ruining things. And Gary Payton Jr. second wanted to win for him, allowing Jordan Poole to be Jordan Poole. Just so much sacrifice that this team shows. And I wonder where that is with the 76ers. And that's that's the thing for me, Keith, that I really took from this. While you talk about legacy and dynasty and historical impact with the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and even Steve Kerr with nine rings, now his fourth as a coach. Where is that here in Philadelphia when you talk about leadership and somebody like Stephen Curry doing that? Not only coming off the bench in this one, but allowing someone like Kevin Durant, who is clearly a better player, to come in during that time and be the best player, win finals MVP those two years. Stephen Curry finally gets his. That's the type of leader you're looking for. Can it be be that for the 76ers? So that's something that stands out to me now that the season has come to an end and we have to reflect on it all, look at the regular season, look at now the offseason, and look, look at them, and hopefully they look at themselves in the mirror and say, what can I do best where I'm next? And hoisting that trophy at the end of the year. Yeah, there are a lot of great questions. I don't I don't think none of the, the Sixers are there yet at all in any category. Um, I mean, you talk about you you talk about uh Golden State. I mean, the thing that really stands out to me 
and something that the 76ers missed is you see Andre Iguodala. And there was a game where Wiggins was basically, I mean, you know, he, he messed up on a play. He played well that game, but he messed up on a play. And there was, they pan over to the bench and you see Iguodala like, come, come here, come here, come here. Like the coach didn't do it. He did. He's clapping his hands. I mean, you know, pounding his hands like this and telling him what to do. And the young fella went out there and did it. And, you know, so and all that other stuff, like, you know, he did it, he did no, it on Thursday night uh, with Gary Payton, the second. Exactly. This is the old head. You know what I mean? It's the old head. And typically young players are like, yeah, old head, I understand. But you ain't playing right now. Like yeah, you had your time, you know, but you're not playing. But even when you look at the Boston Celtics and, and the one guy who I think is also um, a picture of sacrifice is Marcus Smart. I know that Marcus Smart is a guy who, you know, gets a lot of technical fouls and he's always flopping and doing all this other stuff. But I remember in that NBA draft, he was six overall. While he was in college, he was supposed to be the man. So then you get Jalen Brown, you get Jason Tatum. You also had Kyrie, you know, all these guys who came in. And what he did is he took a certain role. He went, When he was in Oklahoma State, people thought he was going to be the man. But he took a certain role, and, and he's making less money than his teammates. But at the same time, he's a winner. And, and that's what you need. You know, a lot of guys don't want to buy. I mean, they a lot of guys want to win as long as they're the man. If I'm the man and I'm getting paid, and I'm making an all-star team, then I'm a I'm a be that dude. But if not, I want to get traded and I want to be the star somewhere else. So to me, this whole series was about these two teams were about squads that had sacrifice. And like you said, Steph Curry, um, congratulations on on the championship and congratulations getting MVP because you know you made a lot of sacrifices in years past. And, and took a lot of criticism, but that's what a great team is. And that's what a great teammate is. That's what a great leader is too. Yeah. When it comes to Stephen Curry. All right, folks, we got to thank you for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day on our next episode. Uh, we get closer to the drafts. So we'll keep it up with some of the uh, selections out there, some prospects, some possible picks for the Sixers and other uh, avenues that they could potentially go. Now make your second listen. Locked on NBA. We're locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, people, let them know where they can find us. First of all, you can go to Locked On 76ers YouTube channel. And when you get there to subscribe to us, click on the Liberty Bell and you can subscribe to our our, uh, YouTube channel. But you can subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast at. Talking about the other one, the regular one. So wherever you go to, you can just go there. You click on Locked On 76ers, subscribe to us, and you'll get us there. But also to keep up with us, especially right now, um, you need to, I'm just being real, you need to listen to 97.5 and, and listen to D in the evenings. You need to pick up the Philadelphia Inquirer, inquire.com, and then follow us on Twitter. Twitter, I said Twitter, <laughs> at, at DivineG975 and at Pompeii on Sixers. And as I always say, do it today, people. Do it today. <laughs> That's absolutely right. We appreciate you all. Again, happy Father's Day, Keith. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there uh, doing a great job. We really appreciate you checking in with us, listening to us. 
hanging out with us during the off season. We're going to continue to keep doing this. So we hope that you continue to ride with us uh, as we keep you informed on the Philadelphia 76ers. Keith, have a great weekend, a great Father's Day. Talk to you next week, man. Talk to you next week, bro. Same to you. <laughs> Thank you.